Welcome to Dreamful Podcast, bedtime stories for slumber. I would like to start off this episode by thanking our newest Patreon supporters, Juliet, Teddy, and George Nelson, as well as Vanessa Andrews and her partner Alex. Thank you all so much, and I hope you have the sweetest of dreams. If you would also like to help support Dreamful while receiving bonus content and other goodies, please visit dreamfulstories.com where you can find info about the show and on the donation page. There's a link to become a Patreon subscriber or make a one-time donation to the show. In this episode, I'm going to tell you the Greek myth of Pandora. The ancient Greeks have such amazing mythology, and this story is full of beautiful imagery, scheming gods, and the resiliency of human spirit. So, snuggle up in your blankets, and have sweet dreams. god of love was born, and light and day and love, working together, turned discord into harmony, and made the earth, the sea, and the sky into one perfect whole. In time, a giant race, a race of titans, populated this newly made earth, and of these one of the mightiest was Prometheus. To him, and to his brother Epimethus, was entrusted by Eros the task of making a creature lower than the gods, something less great than the titans, yet in knowledge and in understanding, infinitely higher than the beasts and birds and fishes. Prometheus took some clay from the ground at his feet, moistened it with water, and fashioned it into an image, in form like the gods. Into its nostrils, Eros breathed the spirit of life. Athena endowed it with a soul, and the first man looked wonderingly at the earth. Prometheus, proud of his own creation, would gladly have given man a worthy gift, but no gift remained for him. He was naked, unprotected, more helpless than any of the beasts of the field, more to be pitied than any of them in that he had a soul to suffer. Surely Zeus, the all-powerful ruler of Olympus, 
would have compassion on man. But Prometheus looked to Zeus in vain, for he did not have compassion for man. Then, in infinite pity, Prometheus thought himself of a power belonging to the gods alone and unshared by any living creature on the earth. We shall give fire to the man whom we have made, he said to his brother, Epimethus. He bided his time, and unseen by the gods, he made his way into Olympus, lit a hollow torch with a spark from the chariot of the sun, and hastened back to earth with his royal gift to man. Assuredly, no other gift could have brought him more completely the empire that has since been his. No longer did man tremble and cower in the darkness of caves when Zeus hurled his lightning across the sky. No more did he dread the animals that hunted him and drove him in terror before them. Armed with fire, the beasts became man's servants. With fire, man forged weapons defied the frost and cold, coined money, made tools, introduced the arts, and was able to destroy as well as to create. From his throne on Olympus, Zeus looked down on the earth and saw, with wonder, airy columns of blue-gray smoke that curled upwards toward the sky. He watched more closely and realized with terrible wrath that the moving flowers of red and gold came from fire, which had until now been the gods' own sacred power. Speedily he assembled a council of the gods to plan for Prometheus a punishment fit for the blasphemous daring of his crime. The council decided at length to create a thing that should forevermore charm the souls and hearts of men and yet, forevermore, be man's undoing. To Vulcan, god of fire, whose province Prometheus had insulted, was given the work of fashioning out of clay and water the creature by which the honor of the gods was to be avenged. From the clay, he fashioned a fair maiden. Athena robed her in a white tunic and adorned her with the finest jewels. She dressed on the crown of her head graceful garlands of newly opened flowers and a golden diadem. To this beautiful creature, destined by the gods to be man's destroyer, each of them gave a gift. From Aphrodite, she got beauty. From Apollo, music. From Hermes, the gift of a winning tongue. And when all that great company in Olympus had bestowed their gifts, they named the woman Pandora, which means gifted by all the gods. Thus equipped for victory, Pandora was led by Hermes to the world that was to be her home. As a gift from the gods, she was presented to Prometheus. But Prometheus, gazing in wonder at the blue eyes bestowed by Aphrodite that looked wonderingly back into his own 
as if they were indeed as innocent as two violets wet with the morning dew, hardened his great heart, and would have none of her. And Prometheus, the greatly daring, knowing that he merited the anger of the gods, saw treachery in a gift outwardly so perfect. Not only would he not accept this exquisite creature for his own, but he hastened to caution his brother also to refuse her. But for Epimethus, it was enough to look at this beautiful woman, sent from the gods for him to love her and to believe in her utterly. She was the fairest thing on earth, worthy indeed of the immortal gods who had created her. Perfect, too, was the happiness that she brought with her to Epimethus. Before her coming, as he well knew now, the fair world had been incomplete. Since she came, the fragrant flowers had grown more sweet for him, the song of the birds more full of melody. He found new life in Pandora, and marveled how his brother could ever have fancied that she could bring to the world anything but peace and joyousness. Now, when the gods had entrusted to the Titan brothers the endowment of all living things upon the earth, they had been careful to withhold everything that might bring into the world pain, sickness, anxiety, bitterness of heart, remorse, or sorrow. All these hurtful things were imprisoned in a chest, which was given into the care of the trusty Epimethus. To Pandora, the world into which she came was all fresh, all new, quite full of unexpected joys and delightful surprises. It was a world of mystery, but mystery of which her great, adoring, simple titan held the golden key. When she saw the coffer, which was never opened, she asked Epimethus what it contained. But the contents were known only to the gods, and Epimethus was unable to answer. Day by day, the curiosity of Pandora increased. To her, the gods had never given anything but good. Surely there must be gifts more precious still. What if the Olympians had destined her to be the one to open the casket, and had sent her to Earth so that she might bestow on this dear world, on the men who lived on it, and on her own magnificent titan, happiness and blessings which only the minds of gods could have conceived? Thus there came a day when Pandora, not knowing she was an instrument in the hands of a vengeful Olympian god, opened the lid of the mysterious vessel. And as she peeked inside, the long imprisoned evils rushed forth upon the fair earth and all the human beings who lived on it, malignant, ruthless, and cruel. When Epimethus realized what she had done, he raised Pandora to stop the evils from poisoning the creatures of the earth. But it was too late. Plague and pestilence and murder, envy and malice and revenge, and all viciousness, all of which was let loose by Pandora in an instant. Terror, doubt, and misery had all rushed straight away to attack her heart while the evils of which she had never dreamed stung mind and soul into dismay and horror. 
when by hastily shutting the lid of the coffer, she tried to undo the evil she had done. After only a moment, a warmness washed over her heart and calmed her mind. Pandora found that the gods had imprisoned only one good gift in this container of pain and of ugliness, and that was hope. In the world, there had never been any need of hope. What work was there for hope to do where all was perfect and where each creature wanted for nothing? Therefore, hope was thrust into the chest that held the evils, like a bright shining star in a dismal black night. And as Pandora, white-lipped and trembling, looked into the otherwise empty box, Courage came back to her heart, and Epimethus had a vision of the sons of men through all the eons to come, combating all evils of body and of soul, and going on to conquer. Thus, saved by hope, the titan Epimethus and Pandora face the future. As for the gods, their vengeance had been served upon Prometheus and Epimethus. <laughs>